This episode contains explicit material dealing with descriptions of suicide and sexual abuse. Content discussed may be triggering to some listeners. Discretion is advised. you go talk to Strophy? She's your child, I'm not. Why all this concern for me? I love you. Why? You're difficult. Moody, cynical, bitter, fat, decadent, spoiled. You stay in bed all day, then watch TV all night. You crash around this house with sleep in your eyes and not a thought for anyone. You're in pain. I adore you. Not very logical. Love isn't. Have you ever thought about having sex with me? I think about having sex with everyone. Would it make you happy? That's not the word exactly. No, but would you enjoy it? No, I never do. Then why do it? Life's too long. I think you'd enjoy it with me. Some people do, I suppose. I enjoy that stuff, have a life. You've got a life. No, filling up time, waiting. For what? Don't know. Something to happen. This is happening. Never does. Now. Till then, fill it up with that. Bric-a-brac, bits and bobs. Getting by. Christ Almighty wept. Fill it up with me. Some people have it. They're not marking time. They're living happy with a lover. Hate them. Why? Getting dark. Thank Christ the day's nearly over. If we fuck... We'll never talk again. I'm not like that. I am. I'm not. Of course you are. I'm in love with you. Why? You thrill me. Would you like your present now? I don't know what to do. Go away. It's obviously the only thing to do. The theater, the theater. Theater. To be or not to be. Theater. Theater. Hi guys. Yeah. I'm so glad to be recording again, but I'm a little sad. Yes. Because well, for multiple you? reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, multiple reasons. One, because I read this playwright for the past. <laughs> week. But but <laughs> but the other reason is because normally, and I say normally, the last like what like three or four episodes, the last couple miniseries, we got to be in the same room with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. yeah. And it was really nice, and it was really like. Yeah. I don't know. It felt normal again for a second just like being in the room with you guys looking in your eyes while we make jokes it just really helped but now today sorry to say we are back on zoom so we apologize for that if there's any like weird uh you know feedback junk like that wi-fi issues we're sorry but ice cream trucks ice cream trucks uh barking dogs my cat will probably brush the the mic at least three more times uh-huh. um and you know this, this week has just been weird in general i mean like i was Oof. late to the recording i was taking a huge neil labute 
That's a joke three people will get. Now, yes. I feel like um, is there I think anything? A lot of our audience will understand what labooting actually is. you're probably right like our 30 listeners will all 100 percent understand <laughs> because this is the most niche I enjoyed podcast that joke. of all time thanks siege yeah, um well uh, speaking of welcome to theater 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 podcast for Willkommen. theater people made by three welcome made by three theater makers mm-hmm. from the la theater scene i'm mm-hmm. jay bailey bertram <gasps> i'm cj merriman and i'm scott leggett and we're each members of the sacred fools theater company and each week we get together we talk about plays and playwrights that we have strong opinions on, and we discuss, debate, and disseminate all over them. And this, of course, is our mini-series on... Our mini-series... How did I say that? Manifares. <laughs> this is our Manifares. <laughs> on the late, great Sarah Kane. Mm. Oof. And now, Oof. I went back and forth about naming our episode. This. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, and we'll get into why, but as mm-hmm. of right now, we're calling it 4.48 Podcosis. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which well, is great. It's great. It's great. It's funny. It works. Uh, but when we get to talking into that, we will take it very seriously and, 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 and uh, you, you know, give it the respect that it deserves, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the sanctity that it deserves. But uh, I just feel like uh, I enjoy making these names for the miniseries. And this one was uh, the hardest good. one for me, so uh, yes. that's what yeah. I came up with. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to make puns or uh, anything. It is because you know <laughs> that's right. Because we're talking about Sarah Kane, and if you don't know who Sarah Kane is, I, I totally understand. She's not a highly produced playwright. Oh no! Um, oh, in fact, no. I can't most people. Why. I can't imagine why. Most people, I think, and tell me what y'all think about this. I think found her either by someone handing it to her and being like, you have to read this or like found it in theater school, like deep in theater school, looking through the, the script library, which is how I found her. So I was wondering, what do y'all feel about that? Like, do you feel like a lot of people know her? Do you feel like she's not as well known? What's your thoughts? I think for me, and I was, uh, I'm, I'm around, I'm a little bit younger than she is. Um, right. So I, I didn't hear about her till after I was out of theater skill um, mm-hmm. with Liquid You. Um, and so. Marsha Brady. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I, my reaction, I'm, I'm bumping everything today. I'm not even drinking. Jesus Christ. Wow. I decided to do this one sober. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> are, we all, are we all sober for this one? Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. worth I think yeah. that's. No, I, I don't, I don't I know. That's good. Yeah, it could go into a lot of dark holes. Absolutely. So to, so We're going to keep this one light, y'all. In fact, CJ is going to uh, help us out with that by throwing in now and then. She's going to give us some like positivity. I don't know what those are going to be. Some little facts, some little fun tidbits. CJ's fact, fun fact corner. CJ's fun fact corner. Just to take the, just to put in a release valve. I love that I have banjo music. Let's get one right now. Well, okay, so why don't you guys pick between two topics? Halloween candy facts or fun Van Halen facts? Well, okay, wow. First of all, let's let's mention that uh, it is October, and these are our Halloween episodes. So yeah. let's start spooky with a Halloween. Halloween, spooky Halloween. Let's mm-hmm. start with a Halloween candy. Okay. if you're down for it, Scott. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so let me ask y'all, which 
Halloween candy do you guys think is the most popular by sales? Mm. By sales? Fun, sni- mm. fun size Snickers. Okay, Scott? Um, I'm going to say Mump, candy Mump. corn. Can- oh. Okay, Skittles. They sold 3.3 million pounds of Skittles Fuck in 2019 Halloween. No, it's my Fuck favorite oh, candy. No, 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 it's not. It's 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 candy for children. In fact, we've got to do blind taste <laughs> testing with Skittles and Coke Zero and Diet Coke on here still. Oh, we got to um, do that. We'll do a whole thing. And you got to try each Skittle and actually tell me if you can tell me the flavor. I, I, yes. I, I eat like three Skittles a year and then I'm like, I'm done. It's pure sugar. Oh, I'm such a kid of the 90s, like, Skittles have always been my favorite candy. Same. I like trying the weird, like, variations, too. Like, now and then they'll put out, like, a different, like, a tropical or, like, a whatever. And I'm always like, yeah, let me me get into that. I'm all about it. Um, And then one more. I've got a couple different ones, but you mentioned candy corn, Scott. Candy corn was originally called chicken feed. It was created in the late 1880s by Wonderly Candy Company. And the 30th of October is National Candy Corn Day. I love that. Mm. Uh, I think it's gross. I don't love candy corn. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, I will tell you I love this candy. And I just realized why recently. And I've been trying to explain this to myself and to other people for years. The pumpkin version of the candy corn, for some reason, I love. And I've always loved since I was a kid. I don't like candy corn. I love the pumpkin ones. They're the Isn't exact the same, same thing. Same... No, it's the exact same, same thing. Exact why do I love thing. the pumpkin ones? Here's why. I realize it's not the flavor. It's because it, like fulfills my totally unexplainable incessant need to always want to bite a candle when I see it. Mm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I get that. Is that weird? Yes, that is weird, but I love it. It is weird, but like, don't, when I see a candle, I'm always like, God, I bet that feels, I bet that has great mouthfeel. Right? Surely. It does, yeah. I get what you're saying. And mouths and butts are the same thing, so. Mouths and butts are the same things. You know, I've always wanted to try that, but I I just haven't gone for it. Sarah particularly proves that point to be true. Oh, wow. We're going to get into some mouths and butt shit up in in here. Um, I think... I think we're done. No, we're going to wrap yeah. up the episode now. Uh, we're done. Thanks for tuning in. You guys got later spotlights. Yeah, no, go ahead. Could, I just wanted to share how I actually became aware of Sarah Kane. Please. Um, I Mine wasn't like deep in theater dumb. It was when I was in between my junior and senior year. I studied abroad in London. Whoa. And I took I took a theater class, but it was like a reading theater and seeing theater class. And it was a summer course, but... Her whole thing was we, part of our class expenses was we went to four different shows all over London and they were all completely different things. And then we Mm. also read like four completely different scripts. So the two shows I remember in particular was we saw Pericles at the Globe, which was amazing. And then we saw a brand new show called Osama the Hero and it was like East East End Theater. Yeah, 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 I've heard Um, that. But she said what she likes to do with the students every year is take them to four completely different kinds of theaters. So she always does something at the Globe. And then she said usually what they do is a show that's got like crazy like nudity or a sex scene in it. Something that like, you know, something that might make people feel uncomfortable. Jet of blood or or something. The things that Americans can't handle in theater and yet um, Europeans are like all about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Osama the hero, it didn't have nudity in it, but it was insanely violent. And I remember not knowing what I was getting it into. And we were like, let's in the front row, like 20-year-old dumb oh. CJ. Um, but Was it one like of a guar sh- concert? Was there like blood spraying <laughs> everywhere? Somebody got beat on stage oh. to death with a sledgehammer. 
Ooh, it was Jesus. It was yeah. and it was like okay. a high it was supposed to be a high school kid. But but she had wow. us read Sarah Kane. And I was all of 20 years old, and it was our it was our long weekend that we went to Venice, Italy, and we were on the beach, and I read Blasted for the first time, and I was so Dear Lord, yeah, I was, and it I it just I don't do well with crazy violence and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. like it I I couldn't stop reading, and I'm pretty sure I read it was like a a book with three of her plays, and that weekend I read all three of those plays in just like shock and horror. Wow. Man. Yeah. Wow. That I mean, that's that's a good intro. You read it in in London. Yes, when wow. I was twenty, two thousand five was when I read it. Her. That's like reading James Joyce in Dublin. You know, yeah. like I just feel like that's amazing. Like that's so cool. I, Scott, you kind of you kind of explained, but you didn't get too far into it. Like, so how did you know? Oh, it was it was just word of mouth. It was it yeah. was. There's this shocking thing, mm. and it I. I didn't know too much about that. I know I've mentioned that. it to you before, Scott. Yeah, I, I've heard about it several times over the years, and I was kind of aware of the shock value, like the production of at the National that was like, what, 2014 or something? Yeah. Where they were literally using the audience reactions and the audience leaving in the middle of the show as promotional material. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, it's like the, the people are throwing, kind of people are passing out and leaving, you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, what, you know, what is it? It's what um, the exorcist did. Right. It's sort of when they were like, when the exorcist came out, they were like, the hype was like, people are passing out. People are leaving people. Ambulances are parking outside of theaters. It's and still it's one what, of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Right. And it, it's <laughs> also like one of the most highly sold horror films of all time. Yeah. Box office. Why? Because it, because of that hype, it's not a unsmart. It's, it's, it, it's kind of brilliant. In fact, um, uh, that's kind of what the flick ended up doing. Right. They were like, Oh yeah. So you can't handle the three hour runtime. Like cool. Like real theater goers, come see this yeah. and, and it like doubled in sales, you know, cause of the huh. controversy. It's interesting. It is. It is. What about you Bales? Yeah. I, I, you know, went to Hogwarts. I was for a while. I was the, um, script librarian, uh, in the script library, which was uh, like deep in the shop. You had to like go through all of the shop into the back and through this other room it to get to the script library. And it was kind of awesome because if you were new, you didn't really know where it was and you had to be like shown and it was like a thing. But basically, as head script librarian, I spent a ton of hours in there. And when I would finish homework or like memorizing monologues or whatever it was, I would just pick up plays. And there was this one section, of course, because, you know, Hogwarts, that was just like blocked off and like (laughs) they didn't want me to the restricted section. They didn't want me to go in there. And instead, I chose to. And I, I broke in one day with my uh, invisibility cloak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I uh, wore as a sash, um, but it still did the job. And I went in and it's I not just. How it works. It's just not yeah, how that's... it works. No, you don't no. understand. You, it, the movie is way off base. This is I need my you invisibility to know. sash. No, I need you to understand. The movie's way off base, and so is the book. Okay? To... They don't know what they're talking about. J.K. Okay. Rowling is a turf. Um, Go fuck yourself. J.K. Rowling. She is a turf. Um, no, but I, 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 in all seriousness, I, I I'm a billionaire and I'm going to put people in harm's way just right. because I feel like it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Fucking we'll get into that someday. Well, that's all over there. Yeah. We'll do curse. Uh, we'll do curse child someday on this podcast. And I haven't we'll, read that uh, yet. It's great. Um, it has nothing. I mean, you know, it's 
Okay, well, never mind. Whole other. That's a way other like another fucking brick. giant rabbit hole. Um, no, but I picked up the um, Sarah Kane complete plays, and which is what I own now as well, and how I read them this time. And it's um, I ended up reading Blasted and being like, oh, oh, I wasn't ready for this. Nope. And of course, being you know in college, I was all about shock and schlock, and I was like, this is my shit. Like mm-hmm. I loved it for kind of that reason. And it took me years, honestly. And these readings really solidified it for me. But it took me years to really understand what she was doing. And it made me almost feel bad for ever seeing it as just shock. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's kind of how critics took it, too. Where a lot of the controversy was like, it's just childish shock. Like... It's just trying to, it's shock factor. No, you know. We're it's just, hostile for theater. Yeah, like it doesn't even um, mean anything. And it's like, and then the people who saw it, who walked away like broken, were like, no, I, I know exactly what that was about. You know? And I, I think now I do. At the time, I don't think I did. But I've grown to love and respect her so much. And I was going to say this to say this, but I'm going to, it's a bold ass statement here. I think she's in my top three playwrights of all time. Whoa. Oh. I think with well, five plays. Hmm. Mm. Like, I don't know. That's crazy to me. Scott. I'm just hearing He's like, Scott's hmm. reaction in his. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a lot to say about it, but it's it's less that it's like, like, I love reading it. I lo- It's more just like as a person. Like, I don't know why. I just, she's so interesting to me. I think she's, like Beckett has done something that, I'm getting way too deep for where we're at in the podcast. I will say all of this later. Scott, do us the honor. What? Scottopedia. Oh, I don't have a lot. There's not a lot on her. Sure. Um, Man, I wanted to learn a lot more about her. No, and I'm not playing playing the game either because it's just, there's just nothing to humorous about it to to do it. Right, right. Now, which I think is a disservice because her friends loved her and all that from what I gathered. Um, but, um, well, we'll just get into it. Um, so Sarah Kane, um, was born on the 3rd of February of 1971. Yep. Um, she was born in Brentwood, Essex, and she was raised by evangelical parents. Ooh, mm-hmm. that her, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father was a journalist and her mom was a school teacher. Um, Kane was pretty cr- uh, committed to Christianity uh, until adolescence, and at about age 17, she started going, nope, and started mm. rejecting those beliefs. Mm. Um, we can certainly see that struggle throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, she would say of growing up in the suburbs that um, th- there is, uh, quote, there's an attitude that certain things could not happen here, yet there's the same amount of uh, abuse and corruptions in Essex as anywhere else, and that's what I want to blow open. Hmm. Uh, she studied drama at Bristol University, graduating in 1992, and she went on to uh, take an M, uh, a master's course in playwriting at the University of Birmingham. It's Birmingham. Birmingham. If you're Alabama. Ameri- if you're in, no, if you're in America, it's Birmingham. And if Birmingham. you're in England, it's Birmingham. Um, Birmingham. And that course was taught by uh, playwright David Edgar, who we need to put on our list for next season, maybe. Um, okay. Somebody to talk about. Um, there's a few uh, friends, playwrights, fellow 
uh, folks. Um, she was described by many people as a bit of a wild child, a young sure. provocateur. Sure. Um, and just to skip to the chase so we can talk about it openly as we go through, um, she took her own life on the yes. 20th of February, 1999. Um, and uh, there's some lovely um, obituary things and things from her family. But her father, uh, up, uh, upon her death, described her as a loving daughter, daughter and a very independent person who had a very independent spirit quite feisty sort of girl uh, who wasn't afraid to stick up for her uh, for her rights. She also, uh, He also mentioned that she cared a great deal about people and injustices in the world uh, and how that reflected in her plays. Yeah. Um, and then she had a brother named Simon. Um, Simon, I, from what I've gathered, is kind of the overseer now of her work and all that. And she, he was... Uh, he was the one that found um, 448 completed, um, and when we get it, when we get to that, we'll, we'll talk about it. But then he was also sort of uh, present and, and actively involved in um, uh, in the that play's uh, initial production after mm. her death. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, y- yeah. Did so she that's... leave wishes that she that that like this is my last play? I want it produced. Was there anything like that along with that script well, that we know of? Fo- uh, folks knew that she was writing it, and, and matter of fact, her brother was kind of a sounding board. So she would finish sections, and then she would read them to him and right. get his reaction from it. The, um, the, it's, the so story it's, I was always told was that it yeah exactly that like it was a known thing that she was writing it. Um, and that uh, it was going to be completed by a certain date, but it was sort of set as her, her suicide note. Um, it was like the manuscript was sort of set out as like a, you know, in, in, in a way that's how people have yeah, sort of taken it. And um, I don't know how true that is, but that was what was always told to me through, you know, theater school yeah. back and forth. Uh, I think that there's a lot... Um a lot that's going to be digested about her over time and it'll be interesting to see um how time handles her sure and Mm -hmm. you know like we've talked about a lot here this before we get into the the big deep dive just sort of a general scoping of her stuff is we've talked a lot about academia and where academia is in um in relation to theater and what's being produced out there and my concern, if that's the right word for it, is that I feel like if academia has sort of got her. That it's hmm. a very it's huh. academia that's kind of the one that's keeping her afloat. And I I, I imagine that you know it's not her stuff isn't done a lot in the U.S. where. But in more arts-funded places, it, it is. Um, but universities and, and colleges have tried to tackle it. So I, I, I just don't want to see it become trapped as an academic thing or her work as um, something to be analyzed. I think it's sure. her work should be experienced from what I'm gathering. I should Absolutely. also say at this point, 
Um, I've never seen any productions of her stuff. Mm-mm. I haven't either. Um, yeah, Mm-mm. but um, I will tell I you, would that, love, yeah. and I would love to, and I think that the you know that that experience has to be visceral, and I just don't, I don't want it taken away from people who might benefit from seeing it. Anyway, absolutely. I think um, in general that, and I was going to make this point earlier, is that I just think she is sort of uh, the ultimate. I have. I want to say that. Do I want to say this now? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna save it. Just say it. I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna save it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should. I'm gonna cut myself doing that whole moment of bullshit back and forth with myself. Right. All right. <laughs> um, no. No. Uh, no cutting. No cutting. No, no cutting. cutting. I have no. to double it. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> so why don't we? Uh, why don't we get into her plays? Because pretty much right, a, right after she graduates. Um, from uh, from university, from yeah. her master's work, uh, we get. Um... Okay, so this is a big one. Black. This is obviously the one that sort of started the controversy of of Kane, right? This mm-hmm. is sort of the one that was like, uh, "Oh shit, this is someone to look out for, or is it someone that we should be afraid of?" Kind of thing, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into this, because this is deep and heavy, CJ, why don't you throw us a Van Halen fact? Give us a Van Halen yes. fact. <laughs> um, I, I actually, like, typing all these down, I was like, I bet Scott knows all of these. Probably. Um, I, may, um, I, I may know many things. Uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead, because then I, then I have about a... About everything. I have a factoid that I did not know about until Eddie Van Halen's passing, and I'll oh. show that after oh, the cool. message. Okay. Okay, Eddie could never read sheet music. He started learning the piano at the age of six, and he would painstakingly memorize his piano teacher's finger movements and develop his listening skills until he could could hear and record wow. and replay it note for note. Wow. wow. That's an interesting way of learning. That means, I mean, that's got to mean something cognitively, right? Like, that's some savant level stuff. Well, I that's what that. you see. You hear that, like, Elton John was the Elton same John way. Was Mozart right, was the right. same way. Um, wow. Jimmy Page was the same way. Like, just... Wow. Jimi Hendrix, they say, could literally listen to something one time. And, and he, because he famously does, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix famously covered Sgt. Pepper's, right. the whole album, after the day after the album came out. Yeah. Shit. So he just, he absorbed it. It was just Crazy. a great mind. I'm sorry, Siege, continue. Oh, that was, that was, I've got some oh, other different there was facts a cool about fact. him. What did you find out, Scott? I found out that I saw the final Van Halen performance <gasps> uh, at the Hollywood Bowl a couple years back. Oh, um, fucking bowl. It was and with David Lee what? Roth, um, <gasps> and it was their final concert. They'd been talking about doing a tour again, but he, no Eddie, had been way. struggling with the cancer. Yeah. Um, so it was just a couple of years ago, and um, wow. it was their final performance. So That's I feel insane. lucky. You know, I feel lucky. I played Sammy Hagar in a late night show. You sure did. You played the shit. Did you really? She played the shit out of it. It That's amazing. I now own the most ridiculous chin beard that I can glue on my face now. It was the one that Aaron wore for Three Guys, One Group on. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's ugly. I love that. That's some nasty neck beard. In high school, we called it a neard. Is that still a thing? Neard? No, I haven't heard that one. Three theater neards from neards. the L.A. theater yeah, scene. So we are from the neards. <laughs> neards. Anyway. 
I just described, I was just doing a Frenchman. We were talking about Frenchman earlier in an inappropriate way. Yep. We do that often, don't we? Yeah. Uh, CJ, why don't you try and give us a synopsis of Sarah Kane's Blasted? Yes. Ian invites Kate to a nice hotel room to rekindle their relationship. And then a ton of horrible, shockingly violent shit happens. (laughs) That's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, I I mean, you know, it, it, it starts, you know, very much like any comedy of manners, like would start in like 90s theater, right? Or before it's, it's like, it's this very nice kitchen sink. It's very, yeah. you know, um, it's, uh, oh, uh, oh, shit. What's that one British play? All those British plays from. Yeah, it's 60s. like a Noel Coward or something where you're, yeah, just like, yeah. you're just like, oh, fun, like easy. I taste will of say, honey. though, I actually made a note that said my mouth was hanging open in two pages. Sure. So I, I but think... that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> just the opening, like, description of where you're at. You're like, oh, this is, I'm sure if you were an audience goer not really knowing what you were getting into, right, <laughs> opening night, you're like, yes. oh, this is going to be a cute relationship comedy, right? Yes. And then they come in. I wonder and... why they call it Blasted. I wonder why. Yeah, and, you know, we we put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, so you know what you're getting into, but there is, in fact, uh, a sexual assault that happens, or at least that's how it, it sort of is implied. Multiple. Yeah. There's two. Right, yeah. but there's that first one, right, that mm-hmm. sort of cr- triggers what then becomes the rest of the play, which is this de-evolution of the room and of the outside and I, in my opinion, and we can see what, what y'all think of this. I think this whole play is basically about drawing a, a parallel between rape and like civil war mm. and like societal crumbling. And, oh. well, and Scott, you had mentioned Bosnia and I, it occurred to me, I was like, I don't know much about the Bosnian War. And so I actually looked it up, and then, yeah, it made this play. Because Bosnia was 92 to 95, and this came out in 96, right? Mm, yeah. And that actually made looking, doing a little bit of research about that war, because I was such a little kid then. Sure. Um, I, I think... Um... First of all, like, I got really nerdy on this one after I kind of got over yeah. <laughs> the shock of it. Right. Because I was like, okay, like, l- let me give this its due. Because my initial reaction was, this is shock. This is shocking. And, but there's something more to it. And the first thing that I thought about was Beckett. And I think that's because we just covered Beckett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then what Very occurred Beckett. to me was, she's doing this postmodern thing mm-hmm. and 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 i never and, and i didn't hear it described that way in in the stuff that i ended up reading there's some of the critiques and analysis and that kind of stuff that i just sure. kind of glanced at but she it's the it's it's postmodern in how she segues from styles so yes mm-hmm. we start off in sort of this grounded kitchen sink kind of thing there's a disconnect there because it, it, you're kind of like, what in the fuck's going on? Because she, there's something wrong with her. Right. There's mm-hmm. he's an asshole and a prick. But right. then, you know it. And but the play is pretty, um, uh, you know, is okay with him in a way, right? Well, and, and yes, and I and she does this with characters through throughout the the canon, absolutely. and and absolutely. that's. Um, you know, I mean, from for me and from the stuff that I read, this is you know so much about the brutality of the world and the 
the juxtaposition of love and true love and sure. the um desperation for connection you even see it in the soldier so we should say that in the middle of this play a soldier shows up after yeah. the whole hotel is bombed mm -hmm. and then he proceeds to uh rape and yes. commit atrocities yes um and then but there's this moment that happens after he the soldier rapes ian the soldier doesn't have a name he is simply referred to as mm -hmm. Soldier. I don't even think he's referred to as soldier. He just is a soldier. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And he's, uh, I guess, from des descriptions of some of the productions, that he's entirely like paint, like he's fate, like he's face painted, like full gear, everything to dehumanize him as much as possible. Huh. And after that rape, though, he kisses it, and it, the stage direction is it's 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 tender, mm -hmm. and yeah. Um. There's humanity so just, to every bit of everything, even when it's the least humane thing happening. There's like humanity there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, there's two things that I, I just want to say, and then I'll, I'll shut up for a second. Um, and and that is that she talks about. Uh, I can't find the quote exactly. I'll paraphrase. She's talking about the idea that a single rape in England can easily be extrapolated to the idea of rape camps that we are in a position as 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 a society where all we're doing is dehumanizing and when you meet the soldier he's he is dehumanized he is he literally pisses to mark his territory like a dog mm -hmm. they he lit, his he compares his gun the size of his rifle to Ian's little pistol. He like, it's, it's that kind of visceral, you know, primal stuff. And, um, and so it, it isn't hard to see. It's this, you know, it, you, you get this sense that she's trying to understand it. She's trying to, un that, that she's dealing with pain. She suffers from a great deal of depression she did suffer from a great deal of depression mm -hmm. and anxiety issues and that she's got this filter and she's trying to understand this ugliness um and anyway uh, the one final thing and i'll, I'll pass it off because it's it, man just talking about it gets me spinning because it's it's there's it's stuff going on yeah. but carol churchill yes. um, of all people described it as a rather tender play yeah Oof. and i don't it, yeah. it took me a while to process that. And I think that it's dependent on production and performance. Right. But I absolutely understand what she's saying. That makes perfect too. sense to me. I do too. I think it's so insane how this play, every time I read it, I find something new. And every time, because I've lost the shock of it, right? The first time I read it, I was like, oh. What? Yeah. And now I'm like, wow. Like, first of all, Thank you for giving the gift to a director of having to basically represent all of these things. Because mm -hmm. you can't do all of this. They are shitting. They are coming. They are disemboweling. They yeah. are, you know, I mean, like you... you Cutting you, throats. Yeah. I mean, you're, it, sucking out eyeballs. Eating like, babies. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you can do it. You could. But I don't think even the first production was probably fully literal, right? I'm sure it was very representative and... Maybe maybe it was literal. I don't know. I can't find anything that says otherwise. 
But to me, it's it's a huge gift, and I'll get into this much more with her later works, where she's just saying like, "Here, director, I'm not giving I'm I'm giving you problems without solutions. Go." <laughs> And you're like, director. I don't know. Yeah, and we'll get Um, into this like later with cleanse and stuff too, where it's just like you know a rat run on and take off his feet, and you're like flowers grow through the floor. Yeah, and and you're like, how do we do that? But I think that as a director, it excites me a lot. It really Hmm. does. Yeah. Um, No, I and and CJ and I had talked about this a little bit uh, in a side conversation yesterday. Like there's part of me that's like, woo, would I, would I enjoy the 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 challenge, the the emotional challenge that this would be to either act in or perform? Like it's it's right. brutal and it's exhausting and it's just it's deceptive in reading. Um, I although I didn't find any examples of the length of the, sh- the performances mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but there are stage directions that are a sentence that are clearly would take minutes on stage right. um the one yeah, that it's another stage to- manager's nightmare for sure yeah the one <laughs> that comes to run eats crew the baby yeah. He sits and eats the baby. Uh, the soldier eats both of the meals that have been delivered by room service. Right. Like yep. two full English breakfasts. And I'm right. like, Jesus Christ. Like, or the candy thing. Um, right. From it's coming fucking, up and oh cleansed. My, yeah, yeah, dude. Like, it's just like, you know, there's, there's some of it you're like, you're, you're kind of astounded by. Right. Um, and then there's some of it you're like, fuck you, Sarah Kane. Like, you yeah. figure out how to do it. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's what's do it fun, then. though. That's what's fun about it. That's what's no, theater about absolutely. it. Absolutely. In terms of, like, the toll it would take on your actors and on you as a, you know, producer slash director, like, yeah, of course, for sure. I think you, you have to know that going into these, right? You kind of have to know, like, okay, we know what we're doing. We're purposefully producing this work. And we know what we're getting into. It's sort of, I mean, I don't. I don't want to liken it too much to this because Danny and the Deep Blue Sea is not um, nearly this intense or shocking or, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But emotionally, um, playing Danny, I had to go there every night, yeah, right? Yeah. You have to be oh, the beast yeah. every night. Oof. And you, if you're not screaming, I mean, not literally mm. screaming, but if you're not screaming on the inside and, and, and bawling and, and just ripped to shreds by the end of that first act, then have you even done the play? You know, it's sort uh-huh. of how my director treated it anyway. And I was just like, you're right. And I took it there every time. And it took a huge toll in a lot of parts of my life. But like, also the most fulfilling thing I think I've ever done. Sure. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, Scott. I think there's, it's scary. It would be scary to step into this um, if you were in a bad time of life. Yeah. But uh, I, I well, think, uh, you know, maybe post-COVID, we'll give it 10 years before we talk about <laughs> Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say and, and didn't say at the, at the top is that, you know, reading it over the, uh, I guess I started blasted middle of last week. So 10 days of sort of in Sarah Kane world, yeah. uh-huh. uh, including uh, I, I reread. I did Phaedra's Love twice in a day. I read it twice in a day. And when wow. we get to that, I'll tell you why. But but it, I've also just been, you know, it's also just been crazy time. It's anxious. Every, I think we're all anxious about the election. The, right. The virus, certainly, and, and all that. And I, you know, I've always, you know, battled with, with some depression and anxiety. And it was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to breathe through this. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you both. Uh, specifically about Blasted, and then we can talk about this question addressed to her, all of her work. Did, did you find it, either of you find it hopeful 
at the end? Absolutely. You... Yes. It's, it's the Beckett of it all, right? And mm. I, I and I want to hear CJ's opinion on this mm. and your your take on the whole thing, CJ. I think you're gonna uh-huh. have a cool take on this I, because, you know, I think Scott and I see it similarly but different. At the end, to me, it's it's about being comforted, right? It's sort of like it's the Beckett of it all. It's you know how the end of Beckett has hope. The end of Godot isn't just like also fuck you. The right. end of Godot is like there might be hope. Like the happy end of days. everything. There was a little bit of hope there. Happy days, absolutely. There's ultimate hope at, at the end of Happy Day. But it's it's sort of like the final image is of him being comforted and, it and reminds thanking me, her and thanking her. <laughs> Because it's the toll taken on on the on the uh, victim and the perpetrator, right? He's mm-hmm. the perpetrator, but he's still going through what he did to create. Still got the all world. that mud on his soul, yeah. That's right, and it's it's Beckett to me because it's 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 where the human impulse to connect with each other, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Let me say this differently. It reminds me of Beckett because the human impulse to connect is found surviving in the most bleak of places, right? So that's something mm-hmm. I wrote down from earlier. It's like, it's sort of like, even in the worst of it, even in the most terrible Godotian land, you can get over what you did. You, there's, there's, a, there's an after war, right? There's post war, there's post victim of, of trauma, there's post whatever it may be. Like you, there could always be a brighter side. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel at the end of Blasted. That's why this play works for me. It's tender. Cheryl Churchill. Cheryl Churchill. Cheryl Churchill. All right, CJ, I want to hear all yeah, your thoughts on that. Yeah, CJ. I, I, it's, hmm. I have a lot of thoughts. Like, I'm, I'm loving just hearing what your thoughts of it were because I... Every time I got to the end of one of these, I my first two questions were how and why all this stuff? <laughs> and I think, and, and again, Scott talking to me about the whole Bosnian war thing and looking it up, I wonder if her way of dealing with this stuff and then because I heard with Blasted, when I read reviews on it, they said it's a play about civil war and then I heard it was a play about love. Um, and the sure. civil war thing and doing a little research on Bosnian stuff, it's one of those things where I, I sometimes wonder if like with the violence and the stuff and the, the reference to the wars and how, and man's inhumanity to man is, there are so many of us, maybe even particularly theater consumers that will never in our lifetime see any kind of an atrocity like that. Right. And it is still, I almost feel like she's saying like, it is still important for you to understand that it's happening out there. Wow, yes. And, Great and, take. Great and, take. And also mm-hmm. the other thing I guess I take away from Blasted too is it is this kitchen sink thing trying to rekindle a relationship. Oh, the relationship's fucked up. And then, hey, guess what? There's an explosion and nothing is the same ever again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that shit that's happening as you walk in the hotel room, that relationship, does that all still matter? Is it all still there? Is it still the same? What is normal now after? Because yeah. that's, you know, I it makes me think of, you know, all of the bombs have been that have been dropped in the Middle East. Like how many people were just going to the grocery store or hanging out with a friend in a hotel room, you know? And right. then something horrible like that happens. Right. 
Um, I think that's what I, cause I think I read it this time thinking more of the civil war type aspect. And I've been listening to way too much behind the bastards lately. <laughs> and they've been covering like Nazi Germany and the school of the Americas in right. Latin America. So like they I've reference been Hitler a few times in this. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and so like I've, my brain has kind of been in that space lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And the other thing that, um, I wanted to hop on real fast was uh, Bailey, you were talking about Beckett and the feel of Beckett. And I think that I think where I see her, her intellect is in the playing around again, getting back to these styles like she's she's playing around with absurdism with a capital A in the same way Beckett was right that 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 if I can if I can get the audience if I can if I can make the audience feel while pulling away while while sort of pulling the camera back but staying focused on uh, a narrative point a, a yeah. philosophical point yeah um you know how I can make them feel because then she goes into you know, uh grand grand and all that stuff sure and you can see like um it's also, Shakespeare. It's the Greeks. It's it is, I mean? and it's, she's it's doing Medea. the opposite. It's, she's she's taking. But she's putting it on stage. She's putting it on stage. She's taking. She's flipping it. She, yeah. all, all the battles that that Everything happen that's off stage. Off stage is, is going to happen on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah. so. That to me answers your question, CJ. The why. To, mm -hmm. That's that to me is what it is, and that's what sort of solidifies her in a lot of ways for me. And it goes back to your academic uh, uh, point too, Scott, where it's easy to sort of. It's it's to me. I think it's easy to put her in an academic box for different reasons, um, especially her training and things like that. But this is why, to me, she is sort of fighting against that, right? And being like, "Oh, I wholly agree." I just yeah, want to be clear. Like I'm not opposite. saying that she's academic. No, I'm right, saying right. academia has tried to keep keep Cor her yes. to themselves. Agre agreed. I agree with that completely, and I think. Part of that comes with the sort of like, we get it, you don't kind of thing. And it's like, mm -hmm, no, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, but that's the why to me is it's like the opposite of the Shakespeare, the opposite of the, you know, Medea's uh, children don't die on stage, right? You know, uh, yeah. uh, the, the battles all take place off stage and you hear about them from a messenger. She's like, no, this shit all happens right the fuck here in this hotel room. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here mm -hmm. you go. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think the, the how, um, I think you have to represent like eighty percent of this. I think it has to be very representative. But um, I don't know. That was that's that would be how I'm mean, interested have to, to talk it. to somebody that has seen any of her stuff. Yeah, from what from what yeah. I'm reading, so um, uh, James McDonald was the guy that directed Blasted yeah. and did a lot of her stuff. I think she directed yeah. Phaedra's Love and uh, herself, and then um, but. And then the 2014 or 16, now I can't remember what year it was, the remounting, the recent remounting of it was from the three or four reviews I read was they did it all on yeah. stage. All right. of Question, it. you said it was at the National, right? I think so. I, I may did be wrong. Did it happen to say which space it was in? Because they have like three different spaces. No, if you if you search it, I uh, I'm just curious. Probably a smaller one or the medium. <laughs> sure, or... certainly not in the Roman no. amphitheater. I think, no. you know, and I think my the the representation actually is more so with the other scripts. I think where it gets even more ridiculous in terms of like where it's like that can't even happen at all. Like, what do you mean? Um, whereas in this one, it, because it's like you know 
piss and shit and blood. It I practically if you did do this all practically, it would be a horror show, you know, and it yeah. would uh and that's cool. I think that it could be done that way this one. The yeah. other ones I don't think so. I think the other ones you have to get creative. You have to get Yeah, you you might be right on that, you know. And um you know, uh, the other two things I just wanted to to mention real quick was uh, I appreciate her theater nerdiness because I guess before yeah. she had the one of her jobs before she hit it with this with Blasted was she was a reader for a theater company. So she was oh, just right, reading right. scripts. So like uh, Edward Bond, you can hear, you know, and we, we need to put we need to do an Edward Bond show and talk about saved and stuff. But like, Check. you know, um, <laughs> just in terms of somebody, an author who was as controversial as shocking you know, 30 years earlier. Right. Um, and who was a defender of hers um, when she came out. Um, same with, you know, Churchill. Um, but that you also see like, uh, you know, the, the elements of Buchner's Wojciech, which Ooh, she directed, yes. a, she directed a production of. Right. In like 97, um, right? Yeah. yeah but you can see that influence. Like 100%. she's, so she's like, she's nerding out. Like, you know, if I was a musician, like I'd be, nerding out on Radiohead and Philip Glass and Danger For Mouse, sure. and, you know, all, and so she's just pulling these fucking great weird things. And, and, and you and, see that most in cleansed, in my opinion. Uh, I don't disagree. I yeah. don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. With the identity stuff and the, yeah, I think that's uh, especially structurally. Um, yeah. Should a. we move on? Does anybody have should. anything to blasted? Let me, I want to read a poem real quick. It's real short. A poem. Yes. This is for uh, this is for both of you. Okay, mm -hmm. um, this is this, the name of this poem is called "You" by uh, Bo Burnham from his book Egg Egghead. Okay, here we go. Okay. How may I ask? Did you get so you, you beautiful, true to you doer? I've met many today, but can honestly say that I've never met anyone youer. All right, so <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just needed some I was sweetness. Like, Bo where did you go? You made a right hand turn, like a motherfucker <laughs> going to Bo, Bo Burnham. Out of it. I needed uh, a, I needed a, a, a nice uh, sweet <laughs> moment after blasted. Um, let's get hey. into Phaedra because this is, uh, this is a great one, and I feel like uh, CJ, you really liked this, yeah? Phaedra's love. Um, or was it you, Scott? One of you said you read it twice. I Scott. read it. I read it twice. I oh. read it the second time because I was so angry when I was done reading it. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just was like in just a weird headspace, and I'm like, "Fuck her. She's just she's just a fucking shock jock. It's bullshit." And and just like, yeah, the, I, and then I then I started churning with it, and I'm like, "Hold on." And That's right. the thing that grabbed me and made me read it again was the play is not about Phaedra. It's about Hippolytus. Yeah, and in the theoretical and in actual mythology hippolytus is the abused one his right. stepmom abuses him right in this play he's a fucking disgusting asshole and he does not apologize for it right he is completely 100 percent honest that is his um the thing that he holds on to the thing that we can hold on to as an audience i'm like right. he never lies he he doesn't bullshit he tells her he tells her go the fuck away if we fuck i'm not going to talk to you again we're not going to have anything yeah and 
and that's what made was me from read it. Phaedra's Love, y'all. And that's, that's, that's right. the opening scene. So it's from Phaedra's Love. That's exactly Love. right. And it's, it, you know, uh, to your point, Scott, like, I think that was a lot of the first reaction to her plays, especially Blasted, uh, with critics, especially. They were like, they were like, nope, it's just shock. Just shock. I'm angry. I don't like this. And I don't think they let it churn enough. Like, you no, did. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah, they I was let like, it really sink in and that's why churchill like got it right away because churchill of course got it right away churchill, <laughs> like, of course churchill she knew what right she was away. doing like five minutes in and was like this it's is like the best thing oh ever. yes oh yes. man i wonder if they ever had a beer together oh. if churchill and and, and sarah kane ever had I, a that's beer my together. next play i'm gonna oh, write just churchill like, i'm gonna it'll write be top girls oh. But just the Kane two of them. Oh. And Baker. <laughs> save, and it, Baker. save it, save it, save yes. it. We'll we're going to okay, talk okay. on. I got to know. Somebody's Nobody take it. our ideas. Somebody's Nobody take it. Bailey's okay. idea. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's ours. We're collectively writing this. Um, <laughs> I, to me, I, this I is, seriously have an idea. Amazing. The, to me, this is the wittiest of her plays. And like She called of, it her comedy. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's funny. Uh, and it's like, it's not even like funny so much for the audience as much as it's just like kind of dry and funny yeah it's like, i will say that opening scene with phaedra and the doctor was i was enjoying it and i was like this could yeah. be very funny i'm going to be punished for enjoying this in a funny <laughs> way later but <laughs> yeah no exactly but it's it's fun it has its moments where you're like I, i'm sure as an audience member you could sink into it and like really care about these people and i don't know Right. No, I, I think, um, What's CJ, about, do you want to give us, CJ, yeah, you want to give us a quick synopsis? Oh, yeah. It is a modern retelling of the Greek myth about Phaedra and Hippolytus. Phaedra is Hippolytus's stepmother, and she falls in love with him. Uh, and when he refuses her, she tells Theseus, her husband, that um, Hipp Hippolytus has raped her. Right. Um, and then chaos ensues. And, CJ, you really love like greek you know the i'm greek a plays total and the dweeb for greek stuff the, yes. yeah so <laughs> that's what we read online well, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry you, i couldn't resist did no, you know it. that myth pretty well before reading? i i did not in fact when it came up i was like i don't know this myth off the top of my head and i right. actually looked it up and then scott made an excellent point that neither of us knew there is such a thing in psychology called a phaedra complex Really? Yeah. What yeah. is it? When you fall in love with your stepchild? When your stepson specifically. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Stepson love. Yeah. Okay. Good to <laughs> um, know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like an, that's an official like psychological term or, or if it's more of a. Right. Well, because you know, there's the nothing cuff. technically psychological about it since you're not related. That it's sort of just like I fell in love with a person who happens to be my stepson. There's a power dynamic that sure, psychologists sure, sure, and sure. psychiatrists would say that's right. fucked up. It's, it's fucked like up. a reverse Oedipal kind of thing, but yeah. also, but not yeah. related. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I didn't well, know that. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, when I think about it too, especially when you read one of the Greek myths through this lens, like when I was a kid, my dad and I read greek myths together for fun like wow, they were my fairy cool. tales that we read and my my favorite film is the old clash of the titans with harry hamlin and, oh, so and maggie smith yes uh bupo forever but yeah. um it's rereading this it's like jesus christ i don't know that the greek myths were a great 
set of stories for me to be read as a child because everyone's cheating on everybody and killing their. Have son. you I mean, read every... the Old Testament? Oh uh, yeah, true, yeah, true, right. true, true. Are you kidding me? I I would argue the Old Testament is a hundred times blasted, and the Old Testament shared way more similarities than I think. Anyone oh, you can oh. you can you can see holy her shit. her her childhood uh, faith education yeah. impacting her and Absolutely. she she later um there's a an anecdote by one of her friends that talks about coming up on her at a bar they were meeting and she's reading the bible she's yeah. straight up reading it like oh. puts the bookmark in like she's like no i'm just reading it top to bottom you know hot wow. take hot take i think and i was gonna say this later i think she is paul verhoven okay here's why <laughs> i, I, I <laughs> Here's why. Paul Verhoeven made Showgirls, Robocop, uh, L, um, fucking a um, hundred other movies, he, uh, Flesh and Blood. Uh, he's incredible. But he makes movies that a lot of Starship Troopers, a lot of people tend to be like, that's a shitty shock factor movie or like Showgirls, right? People like to say that. But I think he was tapping into something and she is tapping into something that is actually sort of like over commenting on it on purpose right hmm. and the reason why i bring this up, what was the last point that was just made because i had a parallel and now i can't find it uh, um, what was the point that we were just making I'm sorry. how blasted was very biblical like incredibly violent yeah, no, no. yes paul verhoeven is like the number one scholar on the planet on jesus christ what he, yes he like knows more than like any other scholar like can debate any of them can quote the bible perfectly yeah, like all like this a, stuff yeah, and it's not purely out of because, faith not out of faith it's purely because he is so intrigued by the fact that this man who apparently existed like who like there are records of him existing like he was a human like apparently was the most interesting human alive to where they decided to follow him and like fully go on with this thing and he's like man the things he was fighting for, that guy was crazy. He was breaking shit. He was going nuts. Like, I'm all about that. I just hate everything that he became, and I think that's worth studying. Mm. And I feel like she has that in her brain, too, when she's writing these things. And she's sort of like, wow, isn't it interesting how we as a society, in England especially, is so religious touting? And like, you know, it, but, and yet we fight war we rape we do all these horrible things and it's i could i'm just talking i get you no i get what you're saying i think she's more akin to lars von trier myself i think and, that the, sure in terms of style and tone i would agree with that well antichrist and, well also just in terms of i think she's taken it all in she's yeah. packed it all into her mind and her soul and her being Right. Um, and then Except she's... I love Paul Verhoeven and I hate Lars von Trier, so... <laughs> well, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's hard for me, but I get you. The, well, uh, there's a lot it's of fine. Lars von Trier that I don't care for, and then it's there's fine. some of it that I think... Like, I think Breaking the Waves is sure. mirac is miraculous. That's true. But there's some Agreed. of it that is... That Melancholia goes beyond is and shocking and... Um, yeah. Antichrist is terrible. Nymphomaniac is unwatchable. I don't, I don't know. Um, I liked Antichrist a little bit more than you probably i like but, the first half but I, I get what you're saying but dogville yeah. I'll, dogville's fucking stunning oh come on come on <laughs> okay when we do anyway. our verhoven miniseries we, we, 
Get into it. I've you mean our Von Trier? A billion times. Our Von Trier. That's what I meant. Our Von Trier. We our, could do uh, a Verhoeven versus Von Trier and see if we can get him <laughs> done. Like done and done. We might be able to get him to. Inter- they might literally, if we ask them, just we'll call them, them and said, "Hey, we're going to record this using <laughs> like an, a 1975, like 16 millimeter and we just hit camera, them each and other? just yeah, and just have them fight each other. <laughs> Will you just fight each other for us? They're roughly the same. All right, age. Mortal Kombat. Here we go. Phaedra's love. Phaedra's love. I. Uh, like we did with the last set, actually, real quick, I think we should throw in a, a fun fact from CJ. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, good Just call. a quick oh, one from you, CJ, okay. from any, hey. about anything. More Halloween candy? Yeah. Trivia? What do you got? You wanna, what do you got? got? I, did you know that in Arizona, it is illegal to promote the use of or own more than six dildos? <gasps> oh. hmm. Is that just what? That's just listen, a law? listen to me. Yes. Listen to me. I want five. Doesn't I want. That I want. Explain a lot. I want you to do research. I want five pages on my desk. We've got a new HBO series. It's Absolutely. coming out. Absolutely coming out. We're gonna be pitching it. It's like um, Footloose. <laughs> it's like the town in Footloose, but with dildos. I'm so confused. It's like, so yeah, you can yeah, only what, have five. What happened? Where somebody was like, "We need some legislation." That's here. what I mean. Like, what's the story of the day where they were like, "Man, over six, and you're you're hitting." Uh, I got a ton of these. Violent territory. Whenever y'all are ready. You have a you have a ton of dildos. Just, just, I, ah, <laughs> or just like weird, stupid laws. Yes, I have like, a oh, bunch of weird, stupid. Give me laws. one more. I need one more. Yeah. Uh, oh, I looked up Kansas specifically for you, <gasps> Bailey. Yay. There's no in place Kansas, like home. In Kansas, hitting a vending machine that stole your money is illegal. <laughs> That's true. I knew that. It's also illegal to cross the street with a, without a lantern. <laughs> because that law just never got taken out of the Kansas legislature. So it's like you, 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 you're not allowed to cross the street without a lantern. Scott, I think I looked up Florida as well. At night. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't born in Florida, though. So save whatever Florida. You, we'll save Whatever Florida okay. weirdness I've got a have. bunch of silly laws. I can't that fucking wait. <laughs> anyway, Spade is love. Um, I, my hot take on this is that it's, it's sort of about extreme polarity of people, right? It's like people on extreme poles, um, whatever that may be, like self-destruction versus self-preservation. Uh, and how those people sort of tend to seek each other out. And uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of how I felt about it. It's among other things, but that was what stuck with me most this reading. I thought it was about obsessive love. And sure. I think that it that it starts to creep into her work more. Um, I felt to, like she uh, must have personally been going through something relationship-wise. But she says this sure. is the happy play. This yeah. is the happy. Yeah. She's, yeah, this, yeah. she's in love at this point. Um, this one did me- either of you... I'm sorry. I just wanted to pose. Did either of you... I, I want to phrase this without being disrespectful or critical or, or have this appear to be negative. Yeah. Do you... Do you feel that clearly the pain that she was going through, was she disturbed or mentally unhealthy to the point where she she wasn't aware of it, that it became a filter for her, but that she wasn't entirely aware of it, i.e. the way Edgar Allan Poe is? Like you start reading and as his works go on, he's clearly getting more paranoid he's clearly becoming more disturbed but he seems to be connected to it uh until the drinking takes over i just i would argue that i think 
she's very aware of it. I mean, you know, I mean, we all know and have gone through depression and know people with depression and, you know, we can get into that whole talk, but, but I, I think you are aware of it to some degree, um, especially in this day and age in the last 20 to 30 years that we've had to, uh, the ability to put a, a name on it. Right. And mm, really mm. understand that you are, you're not just going through it, but you are chemically imbalanced and, mm. or potentially traumatized in some way to where your brain is not um, synaptically uh, you know, doing what it's supposed to for you. I think my point is, I think she was very, very aware of this just based on readings I've read where, or, uh, uh, um, uh, readings I've read. Readings you've read. <laughs> uh, readings I've read, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. Um, LeVar Burton. Um, I basically, I, I feel like, what was I talking about guys? Why is my brain well, I, fucked today? I do have like, something to add to what you were saying, Bailey. Yeah. Maybe it'll help. Um, I, I was curious when she started listing all the different drugs in 4.48 psychosis, I looked it up and she, she was not only on antidepressant. Well, I'm just assuming these were the things that she had been prescribed over the years. Right. Antidepressants, antipsychotics, like anti-anxiety. Mm. It wasn't yeah. just depression. I think she had a lot of doctors telling her that she yes. had a lot of fucking shit going on. Yeah. And right. she was constantly medicated in different ways. And they were pulling things. They were mixing things. They were doing different doses. That's just the right. feeling I got and from exactly. the last one. And, and in a lot of articles, it makes it sound like she was very aware of the seasons of it that she would go through to where there'd be times where she didn't feel it at all. And was mm. actually very okay and was like felt like at the top of you know of the world and then there were times that would go by like full seasons of time where she'd be like at the pits of the despair mm -hmm. and and used that in ways but also used i think you know the hopefulness in other ways but when even when you're in the hopeful season or the positive season you know what it feels like to be in that other season, right? You're, or and maybe you're even waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's yeah. right. Or you're, yeah, always, yeah you're always yeah. kind of waiting for it to happen. And this one feels to me, and it becomes more and more with each play, actually. Uh, and we'll get to this more later, but it feel this one feels less attached to its author than Blasted, right? Like, what I mean by that is, it sounds, it doesn't sound like she's writing this. It actually, to me, sounds like Hippolytus is writing this. Hmm. right well, like he wrote this play she's fully detached from it and w that's why i think it's funny and ho and and a more positive play in a way well, well yeah i yes i and i think that hippolytus well hippolytus is clearly suffering from massive depression right yeah. Every, all, all of his actions are that of a manic depressive and you and, sleep all day and something else stay too. up There's all a night lot going on yeah you yeah. know and and so i you could feel her and i think that that's why she made him the hero here do you and i didn't read anything about this i'm just speculating do you feel either of you feel like she dealt with any abuse is it obvious that she did or is it not obvious that she did there's no, i mean you know from from what i know i don't i don't know of anything in her life she was very private you know yeah. and i uh, i don't know it's interesting it's 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 almost and this is not to negate your question scott but i almost feel weird even trying to guess yeah you know like because yeah, like, no i, I feel yeah stuff, it, it, like, it's, it's weird to ask it but yeah there's a point where you're like like because so many things repeat themselves right so many things so many things well and then the hangings repeat themselves and right. then they manifest themselves in her real yeah. life and so that's why i'm wondering because 
and trigger warning. You, you talk. There's a lot of you, there's a lot of sodomy. There's a lot of oral rape. There's a lot of bloody genitals and that right. sort of thing that are visceral. But I don't know that if I don't know if somebody pulls that out to use that as a tool in 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 creating a drama or if somebody has is working their way through it yeah. i i think it's it's heroic no matter which way you go you know and if she had dealt with any abuse you know you know god bless her soul like right. you know i i i i hope that th th this was some sort of coping mechanism mm -hmm. siege what did you have any thoughts on that? well i will say one thing that i really enjoy i mean I, I appreciated the humor in this. Mm -hmm. I always appreciate a retelling of a Greek myth, but and I think I think it's the scene between Hippolytus and Phaedra, where and I and maybe it was a scene between him and Strophe, but I don't think so. Where he is talking about, he's listing off just horrible fucking things that are happening in the world, and that and I'm totally paraphrasing about how. It doesn't fucking matter because people are still going to send him a birthday present. <laughs> right, right. And and just and again, I think it's I think it's a little bit of what she was doing with Blasted of just like the ability for people to go on while there are all these atrocities going on and it'll be grasping at like, well, you know it's the prince's birthday, don't you? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh so yeah. Yeah, there's there's an element there that I, I think um, it's not quite political. I don't know if you could call it a political play, but sure. I think she is talking a little bit about mm, inherited wealth and you know well, yeah, the idea like, of uh, you know, the god. England the gods. in general is very about the sort of self-preservation thing, right? And mm -hmm. the sort of like oh, above all class, you know, mm -hmm. like we are always classy, even in the face of the worst, you know, like kind of the, and like or even emotionless uh, to a point. He's being ripped apart at the end yeah. and he's just emotionless. He just takes it because he's so full of, it's like Trump, right? It's like Trump right now is basically being ripped to shreds in, in the media, by people, by, by uh, celebrities, by everybody, even his own you know, cabinet is starting to, and has just been ripping him to shreds and he's still just like, I'm the best. Everything's fine, <laughs> you know, and, and 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 it's just that's kind of the different. But whereas like Phaedra is all about like self destruction, she's mm. like destroying. And this is why I say to me it's about the extreme poles thing, where it's like she is all about like destroying herself for this love, and yeah. he's all about preserving himself for himself. And who Hippolytus? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I. I... Oh, I took it. I took it a little differently, but I get. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I just. I think that he, he his self-loathing. Um, he becomes aware of it and accepts his self-loathing, so that anything that happens to him that can make him feel something different than what he is feeling hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Oh, she accused me of rape. Thank God, that's something. That's something sure. different. That's something new. I, I found, it's almost uh, like he's yearning to not be Trumpian. Mm, yeah, you know, I think it's like, the opposite of that. I think John he Boehner when he it. met the Pope. I think he's yeah. I think he's, <laughs> he's the opposite of it. The the, yeah. the 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 exchange of dialogue that hit me the most. Yeah, I think on the second reading was uh, Phaedra saying, "Why do you hate me?" And mm, Hippolytus yeah. coming back with, "Because you hate yourself." Oof, and 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 so like he's aware of it. He's 
figured it out. He just doesn't have any, again, it's this struggle for hope and the hope is, well, something different happened today, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and where, on, on a human level, I gotta be honest, like, I don't hate anyone for hating themselves, but there's that part of me that's like, I really hate it for people when mm. they hate themselves. I'm always like, oh, I want to, I want you to love yourself. Let's all love ourselves. And it, there's like a little bit of human to that impulse, but he treats it like, no, I fucking hate you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's a different, <laughs> different than how I feel. Um, <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Phaedra? Um, no, beyond, I, I think that I, it was funny that, that how I, you know, I responded, I think CJ, you responded as this may be your favorite of them. Right. At least it was the most accessible to me. It's that the it most was, readable it, for sure. Yes. And, and it was the, the least critically successful. Like people are kind of like, man, right. Fader's Love is the, it is the sophomore album. Right. Um, and that's, that's fine. Um, I found the suicide to be eerie. Yeah. I do find that it kind of, uh, I feel I felt like at the end when all the violence and all the horror is happening mm -hmm. that she loses control of it a little bit. <laughs> um, but I'm kind of glad that she doesn't that she didn't fix it. You know that it is what it. I like I like what it is. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, but uh, you know otherwise, um, you know I think they're both blasted and Phaedra's Lover are worth the read, and I can't wait to see them one day. If not you know absolutely kind of be involved in some way i agree yeah this one's nice it's um uh i'd like to see it it's it's the funniest one to me it's the yes. one it's the most agreed. readable uh probably the most stageable mm. yes yes agreed yep. yeah yep. uh well depending on what you decide to do with, <laughs> sure uh, sure you know sure. 4.48 but yeah um interesting uh cool do we anything let's just for fun uh shitty laws from america go cj in wisconsin margarine may not be substituted for butter in restaurants unless it is requested by the customer oh thank god <gasps> oh thank god there's there's, there's there are states there there are state there are state laws and i don't know where they're at where you can't you can't if somebody asks for a coca-cola you can't give them a pepsi Thank God, because Pepsi is yeah. fucking devil's fucking That's thing. right. Fucking and, uh, soda pop. But what's really interesting um, is where uh, my whole family's from, uh, Russellville, Alabama, uh, near to Birmingham. Uh, basically, there w you ask for... Near to Birmingham. <laughs> near to Birmingham. Uh, th but they said, uh, what do you want to drink? And you say a Coke. Uh-huh. And they say, what flavor? Mm -hmm. And then uh -huh. you say, yeah. Pepsi. And they say, great. And then they bring you a Pepsi. So if that's what you wanted. So it's like, or like, what flavor of Coke do you want? Uh, grape soda. Great. But you ask for a Coke. You right. don't ask for a pop or the a co soda. Right. Coke covers all, all the soda all streams. The, yeah. All yep. the sodas. Uh, yep. Non-sponsored by SodaStream. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's get out of here. Let's end this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll talk about uh, shit. Uh, yeah. Next um, time we'll we'll tackle uh, uh, cleansed, mm -hmm. and what's the next one? Crave, crave. Well, we don't do a deep dive, but we're doing four, and, then we, and then we do four forty eight. So. That's right. Yeah. Did you guys read Crave? No, I, I just, started I, it. I glanced it. Gotcha. And, it's yeah. interesting. It to me is like sort of her attempting what she's gonna do with four point four eight. So it's step. it's fine. Yeah, and it, yeah. she also wrote it like super quickly, so it, like didn't even matter. Um, do you guys have any? 
LA Theater Spotlights? Is that uh, I do. Uh, yeah, I am participating um, in uh, Together LA, a virtual stage festival. It's basically all of the theater companies in LA. Uh, I'm doing a 10 minute piece called Fakespeare, uh, written by Sacred Fools member Jamie Robledo, directed by Sacred Fools member Hiram Sanchez, featuring a cast of um of sacred fools members because we're doing it as sacred what? fools go figure um <laughs> but it's basically about a, a group of people trying to put on a uh a zoom shakespeare play um <laughs> and and i play the the jackass who who's uh waiting in the wings so to speak eating cereal and being that a distraction yeah yeah well yeah. thank you um otherwise <laughs> um we, we we'll probably have something stuff coming up uh on the next one Mm -hmm. and um sure. but that's all i have i love y'all um they, if you're experiencing depression and that sort of thing oh, you know. yep that's what i yeah may I'm i sorry, just say no ahead. no hey, your mental health is important y'all if you're experiencing depression or suicidal thoughts reach out talk to somebody and we're Absolutely. we're gonna put some info in the show notes yes yeah, show notes. yeah we're gonna put uh suicide hotline and different things like that just different help venues uh we're gonna also maintain all of our Marsha P. Johnson, Black Lives Matter, um, Elijah McClain, all the, you know, George Floyd stuff is all going to be in there. Please keep checking those things out. You can keep learning every day. You can keep finding out more and more uh, ways to fight the good fight. It's uh, it's time right now. So we appreciate y'all. Fantastic episode. I really love this. Thank you for joining us. Love for you episode. Love you all. First love episode all. on Sarah Kane. We'll be back next week to finish up. Um, and thank you to Pamela Quinn for the song that we'll end on and uh, Ryan Thomas Johnson for our incredible theme song, which yeah. I still, I just, I fucking love that thing. And uh, <laughs> thank you to Annie Baker for writing our script. Thank you, Annie. Um, thank you, Annie Baker. Can't wait to have a beer with you. Things. Come have a beer with us. I'm going to write a play about you hanging out with Carol Churchill and fucking um, Sarah Kane. Um, Subscribe, rate, review, all that shit. And as always, uh, mouths and butts are the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Here's Pam Quinn. Later. Think of me. Think of me. <laughs> <laughs>